Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Creating an environment that fosters personal growth and smashes the glass ceiling. The results can be astonishing just by giving people the opportunity to learn and develop new skills. My name is Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission to provide solutions to solve the most difficult hiring challenges, to secure the strongest talent, to ensure your company's success. Today, our guest is Brad Hendricks, CEO and founder of Blind Squirrel Entertainment. Brad is a serial entrepreneur and business development specialist who started Blind Squirrel back in 2010, um, a AAA game studio that creates original content and provides game, full game development services to various publishers and developers. Under his leadership, Blind Squirrel Entertainment has quickly become the top collabor- collaborator for industry-leading titles such as Disney Infinity 3.0, Bioshock Infinite, XCOM, Enemy Unknown, Borderlands 2, Sunset Overdrive, and Evolve. Brad, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I wanted to cover kind of two things with you. Like, number one, I love the name Blind Squirrel, which is what kind of drew me to you. Yeah. That uh, when we, we actually met at a networking event, an Octane networking event a few weeks ago. And, um, of course, you know, and we both have great haircuts. So <laughs> you on the video screen can see that. So, of course... You know, I, I, I wanted to talk to you, but um, in our in our talks, you talked about how really, you know, your employees are, are your greatest asset and how you really develop employees. So I wanted to cover initially your story, you know, um, how you came up with the name Blind Squirrel and how the company formed. And then talk about your unique culture, because I think it's pretty it's pretty special. Well, so I formed the company, like you said, in 2010. Uh the way the company was formed was uh, a little bit by accident, which hence the name sort of came out of th- that same accident. But uh, I had a meeting with my, uh, at the time, CEO. He told me that we have three years capital in the bank and we're going strong. I just put a down payment on a home and uh, my VP pulled me in and said, I heard you had a meeting with the CEO. And essentially, um, she pulled me in and said, hey, you know, I heard, you, you know, he told you some things. And I said, yeah, three years of capital, that's awesome. She goes, yeah, we got three months of capital. You oh, need no. to you need to uh, see if you can get out of buying your home. Um, I ended up calling a friend of mine, and he had called me earlier that day and said, uh, hey, you know, I need you to find some developers to go to Germany and do a project for me. Um, and I said I just didn't know anybody at the time. I ended up calling him right back, said, I found the developer you're looking for. And he goes, great, what's the name of the studio? And I said, I, I haven't figured that out yet, but uh, <laughs> I think I got a name in mind, and I think it's going to be Blind Squirrel because I always seem to find a nut. And uh Essentially, uh, he laughed and then hung the phone up on me immediately. And I called him back and I said, "Hey, did you did you just hang up on me?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "This is really serious. You need to uh, find a developer." And I go, "Look, I'm serious. Give me an opportunity." He did, and uh, two weeks later, I had Blind Squirrel Games. Awesome! Yeah. That's such a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you know kind of that that first you know building that business. How did you find your first people? Uh, so the first people, there's a, we have a, a local event, uh, Beer Wednesday, that's run by the local chapter of the IGDA, the um, International Game Developer Association. And so I went there, I, I, I met a couple of people, and I said, are you looking for a job? And a couple of the guys said, yeah. And 
So I ended up getting my first set of three guys hired um, pretty basically through a, a networking event. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then uh, after that, um, once those guys came back from that two-month or three-month window, um, I ended up having uh, a huge opportunity come my way where um, Brian Fargo, who, who owns In Exile, he had just finished uh, shipping Hunted, and he was letting some of his people go, and I managed to suck up probably some of my best hires. And all those same people are actually still at uh, Blind School today. Wow. So, yeah. So all my engineering staff, the first six came from, from In Exile. So that was very lucky. It was a, a little bit of luck. Yeah. Right? So Yeah, most definitely. So what was um – how did you attract those guys? Like, what was it about? Was it just they needed a job? Or, yeah. You know? I think it was a little bit of that. Um, I guess I was, you know, exciting and young. And it's had, your blind yeah, spot. Yeah, I had uh, <laughs> fire in my eyes and, and the willingness to find that nut, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. You know, I had a vision of where I wanted Blind Squirrel to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthew Fawcett, who's now my chief software, software architect, my right-hand guy, um, I convinced him, and he was the one who really kind of convinced everyone else. And so Matthew is my right-hand guy now and also uh, an original founder of the company too. And so it was really latching on to that one key hire that was super important. And, and Matthew's personality is was just perfect, right, for, for my style, and we worked well together. And I immediately liked the guy, and, and, uh, and I said, well, look, I, I need to hire a bunch of more people. Do you know anybody? He goes, well, you know, I've got an entire studio of engineers that's looking for a job. And so he brought some of his, you know, friends and really good engineers with him. And we ended up having a, a seven-man company pretty quick after that. So you did an interesting thing that's really unheard of, right? You actually found the business first and then built the company. Yes. Yes. Guy, that, that – <laughs> okay, so – you know, we have a talk every once in a while about people that everybody's out there shopping for cash so they can build their company. Yeah. Why not find the business first and do it that way? I mean, there's... I wouldn't do it any other way, to be honest. Yeah. If you had to do it again, I uh, wouldn't change that at all. Um, yeah. That was my background is a lot of biz dev stuff and yeah. tying, you know, developers to publishers. So I knew all the, the, the guys making the money decisions. So finding the business was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, finding the people is actually more difficult. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so so I found the business. I had business in hand. It makes hiring a lot easier because I have something tangible that I can offer them. Sure. Money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so uh, – It's and, better than, hey, I can give you some stock. Well, and yeah. I ended up doing the same. No, but, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't pay anything, but here's some stock. Yeah, yeah. Right? I've, I've been in those situations. Those yeah. don't always work out. But, yeah, you know, it was it was, it was was a little bit of luck um, and finding just the right key guy. And Matthew's always been, you know, right there for me and a key individual, I think, for Blind Squirrel Games, you know. so yeah. that That's outstanding. So you, you built a core team, right? Yeah. Um, where did it go from there? We just started landing. It started out small. We were an engineering shop, strictly, um, and we started landing engineering job after engineering job, and primarily through the same client that gave me my first shop because these guys were really good. Um, we always did things on time and on budget, and so they liked it that we were fairly cheap because we were small. Yeah. Um, and they kept giving us business. Um, it became dangerous years later because they were still one of our larger clients, and so we shifted that a little bit over time. But um, 
But basically, uh, we just kept getting more and more deals, and it was just me on the phone. I was everybody. I was the janitor. I was the accountant. <laughs> I was the biz dev guy. You know, for all intents and purposes, I was the, every job that nobody wanted. Right? Yeah. So the the guy taking out the trash. Yeah, I, I did that I too. It. Yeah. So I, I did it all. Well, good for you. That's yeah. that's outstanding. So, what would you say would be kind of so you you brought on some additional business? What were maybe some of the hiring challenges you had after you had your core team? It was always the growth spurt. So um, I had because it's project based, right? Yeah. So that must be a little tough to. You know, a lot of times we would go out and we would find the the, the deals, and we would be you know five or ten people short um, yeah. of of the project needs, and so. The key was is we had the key individuals on the top typically and the, the senior engineers. We just needed to find some juniors at the time. And so we started going after colleges, local colleges, UCI. Um, we found a lot of great uh, recruitment coming out of colleges. Um, sure. And a lot of those guys now are my senior people because it's been that long now. But uh, we just we, – we, we placed bets on individuals that had the right personalities, that had the drive to want to learn. And so we were – we were hiring based on personality a lot too, yeah. and so and making sure that they were in the in the in the culture. We did have to hire people that were senior because we had holes. We didn't have a networking engineer, or we didn't have this guy or that guy. So we would bring people that were external and senior. But typically, we didn't want to. We wanted to allow people to grow internally. Yeah. Right. And I think that kind of flows into the the whole essence of your talk. But yeah, and being able to provide that mechanism is, yeah. is where we keep, what keeps people around. Yeah. So we wanted to grow internally. We wanted to give people the opportunity to break through the glass ceiling. There was no glass ceiling. Yeah. Um, you know, and we continually move people up. Even Matthew, we move up and we – so we're creating pyramidical structures, I guess you could call them, you know, sure. so that there's no – there's never really a glass ceiling. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. We're going to get into that in a second because I want to take a quick break because I, I, we got a lot of content I want to – yeah. to do on the back end of the show. So we're talking to Brad Hendricks, founder and CEO of Blind Squirrel Games. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about dedication your company has to maximize the potential in your greatest asset, your employees. Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And today our guest is Brad Hendricks, CEO of Blind Squirrel Games. So we just covered, uh, you know, talking about the story of Blind Squirrel, and now we're going to talk about your unique culture. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about kind of your, your culture, how it started, and how you evolved it first? Well, it was always, we always try to create a family kind of culture, family environment culture. Um, a lot of the guys that were there originally had kids. Not all of them had kids, but we, we wanted to create sort of that kind of close family 
kind of culture. And so the way we did that is we just started doing stuff together. Um, It wasn't just like I went to work and I see those guys and I went home. We started hanging out and and creating a very intimate sort of environment. Um, As we grew is when the problems started coming up. Um, I didn't know people. When we went from 50 to 122 in six months, I didn't know half the office. Oh, that's a spurt. Um, we started doing things that were um, interesting. We created programs that actually were sort of like match a face to a name, you know, game. And so we created games to actually start memorizing people's uh, names. That was helpful. But we needed something more to keep people in sort of that sort of family culture yeah. uh, in place. And so we we hired a – well, it's my wife at the time. She transitioned from HR. We felt there was maybe some conflict of interest there. So we moved her into an ombudsman position. And the ombudsman, and all she does is schedule stuff with um, the HR department that's fun, you know. Sure. Um, you know, events once a week, um, you know, all the parties, and just keeping people motivated and together and doing things that are not necessarily work-related. Got it. Um, keeping them cohesive. Yeah, exactly. You know, getting that bonding, I, I would imagine, is – was it especially a challenge when you did that quick six month growth spurt? Yeah. yeah. Well, now we're you know we're we're hiring again now, and so so it's really important to maintain the culture, and so so yeah. that's all she's dedicated to doing. Um, plus, what we've done is we've followed. I think Blizzard does this model, but they they put professionals in different organizations. So we have a you know uh, an individual in the, in the engineering group, and you have an individual in the art department that basically fosters the growth of the individual so what is it that you want to do right first kind of, question. Like, kind of like your mentor yeah your right so but yeah. you know instead of having it your boss we wanted somebody to be external and be objective right non-biased right uh, okay so you pair like an engineer with a somebody who's in a totally different department and no it's something? just we okay. split out an engineer and all he wants to do is do uh, help engineers within the group uh-huh. grow and be okay. be better employees and so it could be anything right it could Got be it personal growth it could be job growth um and the guy we have in there is just his personality is perfect for it and so uh we're doing the same thing in art and our our design department is growing but um it's still pretty small right now but um we'll do that there when they get big enough same thing in production and so we just want people to feel like there's opportunity uh for growth and now you're doing something kind of unique though then you mentioned that with kind of eliminating the glass ceiling right Yes. What is it you're doing there? Because that's that's that was pretty special. So, because of the number of projects that we have rolling, is what we do is we give um, in each department, art or uh, um, engineering, we'll put them uh, as a lead, and we'll promote people to be a tech director, you know, for that project or a, an art, a lead for that project. So, there's a lot of upward mobility based on projects, and because we're doing so many in a given year, sure, the opportunities to be a leader are there are many. Yeah. in a given year and so and it allows us to, to build uh, individuals up to be better managers and, and better employees and so and we're very ambidextrous we teach people how to do many different jobs we don't just do it like a typical large developer well, well is you just do this thing and that's all you're going to do the whole time you're here and you don't probably get a lot of that well that's not my job yeah yeah right no a lot of people <laughs> they, they'll try that then they realize that that's not who we are and what yeah. we're about and so and it's better for the the employees i think a lot of people when they first come they're not used to that especially if they've been in the industry for a while yeah but once they sort of get into it they realize oh you know i've always wanted to learn rendering or 
artificial intelligence or, or networking or something. And, and we'll teach them that. We'll sit them down with somebody that's senior and understands it and said, here's how you do it. Here's the framework. Start it out. Go learn it. Yeah. And, uh, and and a lot of people come out of, you know, even though we don't lose a lot of people, but a lot of people are, when they started to compare to where they are today, are much, much better employees, much better engineers, yeah. much better artists and so forth. Well, you've effectively kind of disrupted the machine. The machine is you go in, you do your piece of the work, yeah. and you become an expert in that, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're allowing them to be a little bit of a generalist or to kind of flow into something new. Yeah, and if they, if they want to stay focused, I just want to do this, we'll let you do that too. I mean, sure. We'll let you do. We let you do what you really want to do, where you're going to be most most productive. And a lot of people like to learn, and yeah. so you yeah. Know. Well, I mean, uh, intellectual curiosity and the ability, and like learning, is what keeps people there, yeah. right? If they're continuing to grow. Yeah. I mean, I get people that I talk to all the time. I've been doing the same thing for four years, and I can't move out of my department. I'm stuck here. <laughs> but you know, I love it here. It's a great. You know, I have a bond my friends here. Yeah. But the problem is that. That's now a person who's going to leave because they they're not getting what they need, yeah, yeah. you know, in their heart or internally, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's great that you guys have addressed that and and really embedded it into your culture. Yeah, people are number one. I mean, look at the end of yeah. the day, um, the success of Blind Squirrel Games has nothing to do with yeah. me. I'll be blunt; it has nothing to do with me. I may, in the background, nudge people to go down a way, but really. I, I'm a very hands-off CEO. I let my departments run their departments. And so we all talk, and they tell me what they're doing. And, you know, unless it's counterproductive to what, where we want to be as a company, yeah. we let them run with it. Decisions all the way down the rung is, has been a key to growth because um, we become autonomous at, the, at the, even the lowest level. Uh, people can do their job and not, you know, not worry about not knowing what they're doing because they everybody's sort of put in the hand and everyone helps and yeah so it's uh it works out it yeah. works out well and you know what i was lucky enough to come to your your studio yeah um i got an invite last week which was awesome i loved it it, it was really um you guys do something also pretty unique when when you when you have a when you put together a team to work on a project mm -hmm. let's talk about that because that's that was really yeah. cool so a lot of it has to do with skill sets. You know, we'll want to make sure we put our best foot for, forward to the client. But mm -hmm. um, when we get them together, we, we have the way our, our studio set up is very open. It's 27,000 square feet of openness. So what we do is we have these round areas, these cubes that are round in nature, and we can put, I think it's eight people inside each round area. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll move. We'll literally get people up and we'll yeah. move them. So they're constantly shifting. So no one's sitting next to the same guy forever. You, yeah. Every six to nine months you're getting up and you're sitting somewhere new with new people. And so that helps too. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I mean, change is Yeah, it, it helps. It's and fantastic. It, my IT department and facilities department <laughs> hates sure me. they hate you for that. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. <laughs> but, I, uh, did, I did see, I did notice one of the guys moving a few desks when yeah. I was there. He had to hire somebody new because of the just sheer number of desks we're moving. So, <laughs> but uh, we do that for a reason. It allows the the you know. So this is the first step for the new tech director, or the new art lead, or the new engineering lead is get his team, pick his team that he wants to work on in the next project, and then you decide where you want to sit. And so there's a lot of leadership issues in there, and it's a lot of people getting together that typically haven't in the past. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then it's it's usually a lead's new opportunity to be a lead. So you get to be in charge. Hopefully, you know, the wheels don't come off the bus too fast. But it's a teaching experience. But 
getting people together in these pods, you know, so they interact with each other. They turn around, somebody's right there, they can ask questions, uh, and we'll put as many of the team members. If it's a 30- or 40-man team, we have to separate them a little bit by department. Yeah. But but that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, so. But so, so, so great. And now you also do an open forum thing where, you know, you allow people to – kind of share their ideas yeah. and utilize some of your company resources to do yeah. that. Right? And in the past, um, in our employment agreements in the past, we we uh, basically, if you work on anything, we own it. And I think that that was sort of counterproductive to the to the environment because a lot of people weren't sharing their ideas with the company because they were afraid of losing their ownership. Yeah. And so what we've done is we're in the process of, of creating what we call sandbox environments. And these environments are essentially um, at you know, four o'clock every day or every Friday, what we do is we say it's open forum. Now you guys can get up and you can go use our equipment and our, uh, you know, all the technology. Here's an engine and here's all the stuff that you need to build a game. Go build a game. Yeah. If you want to give it to us and share it with us and we'll do our best to help help it get made, uh, great. If not, that's okay too. Um, it just gives people play time, I think, is sort of the way we look at it. That's why I guess we call it sandbox. But yeah. But um, but it's just it's our ability to allow people to, to you know to to, to, to to you know to better themselves. Um, a lot of really great ideas have actually been born out of that group too that we've been using for our clients and some of their stuff. And so yeah. it's very uh, productive. Um, it's helping us create our new IP, which is where we're going now. We're looking for funding for new game development projects, and so and that's where we're heading as a company. So, well, by the way, and which by the way, I'm kind of excited about because I'd like to see. Yeah. It. I'd like to see it. We'll show it to you when uh, I I won't have to kill you after I show it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I got to see a picture. That was about it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Blind Squirrel is hiring right now, correct? That's all right. Let's talk a little bit about that. What um, what type of person is going to do really well at your company, and how can we help you know get the word out to uh, the Higher Power Radio community to 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 get people to to look at you guys? We are hiring in all disciplines at the moment. you know, from art all the way to some internal infrastructure operational issues. Um, so all over the board right now. And the type of people that we're looking at, I mean, so engineers and art people, we give them tests um, depending on what level they're at. If they're super senior, um, we don't typically do that because we know historically who or what they've worked with or one of our people have worked with them in the past. So but typically at the senior to to, to to below that we'll give them tests so and they're and they're they're tests that we know that um we're going to learn from what they're doing and how they're doing things and how they think and how how they think and yeah and all that kind of stuff so um, so that's real helpful for us um in in hiring uh and people the type of person i mean i you know it's when, when you come in if you feel like it's a good fit for you then you know and it feels like a good fit for us there's personality issues a lot of the times we're not uh, – we'll hire somebody that we think is a better fit but maybe not the perfect person for the job because uh, we feel like we can teach with that. With the skills. Yeah, yeah, we can teach that skill set. So um, so we're, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to put my, my arm around it because, like I said, I let the department sort of handle that. Mm-hmm. And so their requirements are always going to be varied and different, right? Yeah. And so – Got it. Yeah. So – but the the core values of the company are, are kind of what you guys base things around. I mean, the yeah. ability to, to fit into the culture. Yeah. So our our culture is real simple. Like I said, if you know, get along with others around you. I mean, at least the, the people that are you're in the interviewing yeah. process with. Um, <laughs> 
Usually you don't get hired if you don't get along with them. Yeah, we have a very strong um, tip of the day work ethic, um, and and basically (laughs) we we uh, we look for people that are uh, very efficient at what they do because of the sheer fact that we have a reputation in the industry of getting things done on time and on budget. Um, and we rarely, if ever, have ever failed in that mission. And so we have a very, very unique work ethic where people work for each other and help each other a lot. So we try to avoid crunch as much as possible. I can't say that we, we've never done that because I know for a fact we have. Uh, that's just something that happens in our industry. That's just typical in every industry, yeah, especially think, in software. I think so. And you're going to have crunch. You're going to have times where yeah. you're going to have to put in extra time. We try to avoid it and do our best in planning, and we and we a lot of it comes down to us informing the client of how the proper way to do a project is. And sometimes they just don't want to you know, take the advice, and we'll end up crunching in the end because of a decision that was made in the beginning, right? Mm. And so there's been lots of that going on. Or last-minute changes. Last-minute changes, scope yeah. increases, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you still have to stay on schedule. We're going to make it harder for you to finish, but you still have to stay on schedule. So that happens. And yeah. and that's part of the deal. That's what we do. That's why we're being paid the money we're getting paid to, to finish and do these things in impossible timelines. So, yeah. Got it. Can you talk a little bit about, like, the, developing the new IP? Yeah. I mean, so we have um, – we are uh, in that process. Yeah, we're so we brought on some key individuals. Um, we hired uh, two really key people um, that have you know, one guy's got 30 years experience, the other guy's got 22. And so combined, they have a lot of industry knowledge. That was the first key step is hiring the key individuals that are going to basically run that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we brought on some narrative designers to support that that sort of that way of doing uh, the way that we want to do things. Um, and we've dedicated all of our best resources from engineering to artists towards that project. And so we're peeling off the top people in these groups to come and work on new IP. Are they working on different pieces or are yeah, they all so clamoring to like, join Well, Matthew Foss is a great example. Yeah. Matthew is capable of doing anything engineering. We're pe- making sure that sure. he's now the engineer in charge of, of running new IP because it's, it's one of our most important things. Yeah. He still works with, obviously, the other teams in his group because he's got 53 engineers to manage. But uh, – but basically, uh, that's what we do: is we, 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 uh, we, we're peeling the best that, that we have uh, and working solely on this new IP is the is the tip of the spear for for blind school so, this year. So, can somebody that you hire potentially? Work absolutely. On that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You we, heard it, guys. Yeah, absolutely. The big, absolutely. <laughs> um, we're looking for all disciplines because look, once we spin the project up and go to full production, because we're pre-production right now, or yeah. actually pre-pre-production um so once we get into production yeah we're going to need to bring our staff on absolutely very cool so all right well hey thanks for uh sharing that with us today so we're just about out of time for today's show um hey i want to thank you for your time investment brad and uh, i want to welcome you to the higher power radio community all right thanks for uh thanks for joining now if somebody's interested in working for blind squirrel or finding out more Best way to reach you, or who do, who should they reach out to? So you can go to our website. It's uh, www.blindsquirrelgames.com, and there's a careers page you can go to. Um, I believe the email is info at blindsquirrelgames.com. Uh, it could be careers. I, I, think, I, I think it's think, career. It might be careers. Yeah, yeah. careers. Yeah. Both of them go to the same spot. Cool. And so uh, that's a good way to see what's available. Uh, apply, even if you don't see your position up there, because you know chances are that we'll – 
if you, you're always it, looking for talented people, absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. So, um, and do, you, do you ever make strategic hires, like when you find yes. a really strong person? Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you, if you're one of those people who's essentially in a job and you're just not getting what you need out of it, yeah, contact Blind Squirrel. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in today's show. Uh, quick sh- thanks to our team, our engineer Paul Roberts. Our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and any past epi- episodes. <laughs> wow, my tongue is not working today. Uh, you can check out the higherhirepowerradio.com or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. For the latest show insights, you can follow us on LinkedIn, <laughs> Facebook, at Higher Power Radio Show, or follow me on Twitter, at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week as our guest will be Peter Polydor, the founder and CEO of Ergo Capital. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show.